everyone out there listening to five by five at the movies i've been very busy at a film festival this week but i was able to snag just a quick interview with one of the head programmers or at least one of the important ones we'll say uh maybe not a head i don't know anyway brian kelly he works as a programmer at fantastic fest uh close to your friend and was good enough to take half an hour out of his super busy day. Programming a festival is like a 12 hour a day job easily. And he took some time out of his day to, to wolf down his lunch as quick as he could. And then come on the show and uh, talk to us about what it's like uh, programming a film festival. What he loves about it. What he doesn't love about it. And uh, some specific things about Fantastic Fest. And this podcast really wouldn't exist. Or at least at the level that it is without Fantastic Fest, is because that's where we got our start, and that's where we got some of our bigger shows and bigger interviews. And although the uh, festival is operating at a smaller capacity than normal, uh, we still got to have some revelry in some form. So here we go. Here's my interview with Brian Kelly. Yeah, I'm ready. Uh oh, I'm here with Brian Kelly. Hi, Brian Kelly. Oh, that buzz is going to fucking destroy. I'm going to keep my finger right here because we're plugged into a non-grounded fucking outlet. That whole fucking time. Oh, uh, this is great radio. <laughs> I love it so far. Hi, Brian Kelly. Hi, Keith Ruckus. How are you? I'm good. How are you? You are a programmer here at Fantastic Fest. That's right. And we've spent like an entire week just in a, in a room together doing stuff. Doing stuff. Making this festival happen yeah. against all odds. Yeah. Because this wasn't this festival looked like it might not have happened for a hot second. It didn't. It did. Because you know. Austin uh, is in stage. We like to say on the show that Austin's in stage six, and they made it just for us because we're a bunch of fucking morons. We are <laughs> just out there at the little darling, just slugging away our drinks, breathing right into each other's fucking face. Well, that's open air. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. <laughs> All right. So let's just hop into a couple questions so I can knock out an episode this week and. Uh, not feel like I let down our listeners so I don't get angry emails. All right, let's All do right. it. So what goes into programming a film festival? Do you just pick movies and say, fuck it, they're in, that's it? We just, yeah, pick movies. You know, we get a bunch of movies. We say this one sounds good, that one sounds bad. So no, it doesn't it's... matter what they look like, it's just how they sound. <laughs> you know, it's who you know. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. No, there's a there's a whole lot that goes into to programming something like Fantastic Fest. You know, we have... We have a good uh, a good programming team um, uh, headed up by Annick Mon- Monert. Uh, please edit me not saying her name correctly. She's. I promise you, she doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> That's good. Um, uh, but yeah, so the you know the typical process involves us uh, traveling around the world uh, mm-hmm. to different markets. Um, our big ones are like the Berlin Film Market. Mm-hmm. Um, that happens in uh, February, which uh, one of the very few benefits to COVID is that we can do a lot of these markets from our couch right now. Um, <clears throat> so you're not traveling the world is what you're saying. We're not traveling the world right Smart. now. Virtually. Uh, on a tangent, Anik, I found out, and you knew this before I did, that she had to go to Mexico for two weeks just to enter the United States. She did. That's really fucking dumb to me. Like... <laughs> Like, you're going to make them go to a third location to get any... That's just more chances to get COVID. Right. Yeah, the rules don't make sense, do it's they? St- what, what a fucking world we live in. So what country that w- was she in? She was in Mexico. 
No, oh, where'd she come that? from? Yeah. Spain. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, you can't come from Spain. You can only come from Mexico. It's got to be a different Spanish-speaking country. <laughs> yes, that's the rule. Other filmmakers had to do that too, right? Yeah, yeah. I, You know, we had filmmakers try, you know, and do all kinds of crazy shit to get here. Um, and Drone? Know, drone? Yeah, like one of those Amazon delivery drones. Not that I know of. I don't know that they make those have, that can hold people yet. Okay. All right, so you sit on a couch, you watch movies, and <laughs> yeah. then you find good ones. You find good ones. We talk. Do you to solicit agents. them, or do they solicit you? It goes both ways. Oh, it it's a switch ways. hitter. Yeah, it's yeah, a bi curious like festival. We like to keep it interesting, of course. Um, no, I, you know, we've always prided ourselves on really not leaving any stone unturned. You know, we we go and we talk to every sales agent we possibly can. Um, we search every country we possibly can. We have we have films from every corner of the earth. Uh, and that's just because we, we, we watch everything. We will take a look at anything. Sure. Now the majority of the ones I've seen have been German. <laughs> and I, I just think that's how, how it pans out with me. Some, sometimes that's because of the last time you sat to watch a movie at this festival is about six years ago. That's a good point. I don't, I'm not, I, I like some horror, but I don't like a lot of horror. I, I think I, I, I may have explained that in the past. I'll explain again that it's a, it's a fringe, festival right it's just horror it's horror based no we're not a what? horror festival. i've worked at this festival for like 10 years <laughs> no we are fringe film festival that's what we're i'm a genre saying. film genre festival. film festival yeah you know so the best in horror but also sci-fi action crazy comedy uh anything that is not just a straight up genre anything that has some sort of or straight up drama anything that has a genre element uh to it is eligible for fantastic fest and we really pride ourselves in really you know stretching the term genre to encapsulate a lot of different things like when we showed gravity with sandra bullock was that genre that's sci-fi all right fuck that one's an easy i was trying to be facetious (laughs) but i mean we even we show a lot of documentaries like this year we're showing a movie called canon arm and the arcade quest which is a film really near and dear to me it's about a a a danish uh, man trying to go for uh yet another uh, arcade record, but the film is really about uh, community and friends and how, you know, there are no heroes without a community to build these people up. And, it, you know, um, at first it doesn't sound like genre, but these people are us. The kind of people that come to Fantastic Fest are the kind of people that build a community around something that they're singularly focused on, which is film. Um, so, we, you know, like I said, we really stretch the definition of genre to to make sure that we can pull in the films that we know are going to speak to these audiences that have been following us for, you know, 17 years now. That's a long time. That's a very long time. Have you been here since the beginning? I haven't been here since the beginning. How I, long my have you first been here? Fantastic Fest was 2007. It was the third one and I started as a paid badge holder um, and uh, did that for a year or two then got in uh, you know, into the press game. I was doing, you know, film blogging for a while when it was still slightly lucrative um, and fun. <laughs> uh, you should have had a podcast. <laughs> uh, and then um, one day I asked him how I could get involved, and he said, you can start screening shorts, and oh. that's how it all started. And now you're one of the big kahunas. Now I'm one of the big kahunas, as, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> now, typically, year over year, I get to do, like, red carpets and interview a couple celebrities, but... This is a pretty muted year, so I have you instead. Yeah. Well, <laughs> third tier is is still on top. It's of still the cake. a tier. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's better than nothing. Yeah. BK, you're better than nothing. Thank you. You're welcome. 
but uh, not a lot of celebrities this year. I'm a big star fucker, as fans of this podcast well know. We had a few. Yeah. Uh, we had Mr. Edgar Wright. Yeah. Well, okay, so here... Oh, fuck. All right, so you know when you date someone... And then, like, they really love something. And then, like, after the relationship breaks off, you're like, oh, I can't like that thing. Like, you can't like your ex's favorite song. You know what I mean? Like, it, it feels too weird. Boy, do I have an ex who fucking loved Edgar Wright. So now I see him and I'm just like, this motherfucker. Well, shit, that's unfortunate. Do you have any exes that hate Malcolm McDowell? No. I was very excited to see not only Malcolm McDowell, but Alice, how I'm going to fuck up her last name is a Kreege. Yeah. In the same movie, because they were the first two antagonists in the Star Trek The Next Generation movies. And I'm sure a million people have told them that. But my first inclination is to walk up the two of them like, did you know you were in Star Trek? I wish you had done that. <laughs> did you know you were both in simultaneous? Or like, I'm not simultaneous, but like, one after another Star Treks. I did almost stab Malcolm McDowell. With, with what? With, with Chingu's knife. Oh shit! Yeah, did you really? Because you were a puppeteer this year for us. I was a puppeteer for Chingu is like the unofficial or maybe official mascot. I guess official at this point. Official mascot official at this point. Yeah, yeah and we, I had a giant puppet of Chingu made. It was pretty from fabulous. an incredible artist named Sean Brannigan. And because this is an off year, you had to pay for it. I did. <laughs> so that's technically your puppet. I now own. A very a expensive Chingu, Chingu puppet. puppet. Yeah, but I have nowhere to—I I have nowhere to put that. You don't have a couch at home. I have a couch, but it, it's reserved for my ass. But I mean, surely there's enough room for Chingu on that couch. Maybe, maybe you get scratched up by the cat. Oh no! What if your cat just destroyed and pissed all over that puppet? Let's hope not. Let's hope not. All right. What is your least favorite thing about working for a film festival? <laughs> the absolute. What What are you just like? Fuck this. Whenever it happens. It, you know, it, it's actually really easy. I miss the experience of seeing a lot of these films with this audience for the first time. Um, you know, I I just have such an intimate relationship with this festival, and I, I know not every programmer has the exact same journey starting off as a badge, you know, buying a badge and becoming a fan first. Mm -hmm. um, and I just think back to some of the most electric screenings that we've had, like you're next, uh, mm -hmm. being in a room with a Fantastic Fest crowd, seeing that for the first time, it's just not just a, my one of my favorite experiences at Fantastic Fest, that's just the life experience that I'm never going to forget. And I, <clears throat> I count myself lucky to, to be paid to sit and watch movies early and determine what films come here. But I also really do miss the experience of seeing these movies for the first time with this audience. That was not an answer to my question. What was your question? I said, what do you hate the most about your job? That is what I hate the most about, about my job. About not having people. That's what you hate the most about this year. That's not No, that's, that's what I oh, hate the most Oh, you hate that you are not just a fan is what you're saying. <clears throat> yeah. I hate that okay. I don't. That I have. Most of these movies I see sitting in a room with three right, other programs. Okay. Okay. And I, I got gotcha. you. Okay. I don't get that energy. I must have just stopped and paying I don't, attention. I don't actually, in a typical year, get to sit down and watch a lot of films during the festival. Sure. <clears throat> this year's kind of an exception. That's a crowd. It's oh, a crowd you. applauding you. So thank you feel you. like you're in a crowd. I didn't know we had a soundboard. We sure did. What do you think that noise from earlier came from? Holy crap. Uh-oh, we're still talking to BK. <laughs> did we go to break? No. Oh. I just wanted you to hear more sounds. I was, when I I talk was hoping about, to hear about all of your When I talk sponsors. about the box... <laughs> Every single one of them. This episode is brought to you by Shake Shack. Such good chicken nuggets. Mm. Mm. This, is, this is what I play when I talk about the box office, though. <laughs> Unless I forget. 
I don't have the full soundboard because we're doing this on location at the highball place I used to work at. This is yes. This has been where we have lived for. It's been a lot of hours. You you work longer than I do because <clears throat> I was hired true. on to be the event manager this year. I got a promotion this year. I'm like I'm in charge of all the events this year instead of just pissing and moaning that all the events are poorly planned and executed. Congratulations! Uh, thank you. And then Let's they talk canceled about some of those events. Well, then they canceled all the events. So now I just uh, I've I mean I've I've gotten people some Dr Pepper. I've a uh, I've bust some tables. I've set up a table for a book signing. Yeah. Yeah. It's been yeah. an exciting year. Well, we could talk about the events we did have planned. Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Everybody loves hearing about the shit we didn't do. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I had a... Uh, well, here's a list of people I've fired. Uh, three times I've fired a group of circus performers who, mm-hmm. like, you know, put nails in their faces and shock them with tasers, or they'd, like, walk and do splits on, like, a big pile of broken glass. Um... I fired uh, a whole troop of boylesque dancing firemen. Uh, I fired a whole team of tattoo artists who were going to do free tattoos for people at the festival. Uh, oh, and a mini train to drive around the building. <laughs> I fired Dragula season three star Louisiana Purchase. That's you absolutely fucking did. Who was going to return to do another drag show? And I, I was going to be in drag again, but this time I was going to go full on and I have a wig and I have my fishnets and my heels and I was ready to fucking go. I feel like we can still do that drag show sometimes. Sure. Somewhere. If they ever reopen this place. Sure. One day. Yeah. We should just do a movie themed drag show. What's your drag name? Uh, well, it, uh, uh, what was it? <laughs> you don't remember? It was, oh, Barbara Campton. Nice. That's a good one. Yeah. Mine was Capri Sun. I like that. And uh, so la- last time we did Fantastic Fest, we did do a giant drag show. And who was the famous drag show you brought in? Was it Peaches Christ? Peaches Christ. Yeah. yeah. And uh, at one point, Peaches came up to me and said, hey, uh, is this your first time ever doing a drag show? I said, yeah, why? She goes, because I've been saying Capri Sun for 20 fucking minutes. Can you pay the fuck attention? <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's that name I chose. Sure, did you right. really say that? I mean, a lot nicer, but like it was oh. a bit like it was very funny. Gotcha. No, yeah. she is. She's she's always sharp. Yeah. I like the drag. I was I would say I'm going to do drag more often. I like when they hold up the money. That's what I really want. I just, you know, it's like part of me likes the drag, but the Jewish part of me really just wants like the dollar bills that they hold up and I take it from them. Well, you got to do is drag and then everybody will throw dollar bills at you. That's all I want in life. My OnlyFans didn't do so hot. No. No. Well, good thing this is a great time to be doing live events. So. <laughs> all right. What's your, uh, what's your least favorite Fantastic Fest memory? Least favorite, yeah, least favorite fest memory. Holy moly. I think it was probably the year we had to move the festival to the Lake Line location. Really? I loved that <clears throat> year. We keep going. The actual execution of the fest turned out to be good and we had a lot of fun, but uh, it, and it ended up being really hard on the staff. And I was one of the few that um, got really sick at the end of it. Oh, so, we got fantastic flu. Yeah, we <clears throat> and I had originally had a hotel that was directly next to the theater, but mm-hmm. it wasn't ready in time. Oh, fuck. So they dispersed us among the shittiest motels oh. uh, in that area. So North I was Austin, yeah. I was spending the last night or I went home, you know, early from the closing night party and just was miserable in that motel. Sure. All right, well, that sucks. I that like has that nothing year. to do with the actual fest. You know, Fantastic right. Blue is a thing. Almost all my memories are great. That's good. All right, what's your favorite memory? 
Well, we already kind of touched on it, but we can talk about it more. Let's <clears> just <throat> tell the same story over Excuse and over. Excuse me. Do you like how I keep clearing my throat? Can I actually take a second to clear yeah, this out? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, keep the mic up because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to sample it and then we're going to play it over and over. <laughs> Perfect. Christ almighty. <laughs> All right. And we're back. <laughs> I'm not editing any of that. That is comedy fucking gold. Great. <clears throat> Maybe I've got more of the Fantastic Flu coming. Um, favorite Fantastic Fest memory, easy enough. So uh, 2019, the last year we did the real Fantastic Was it the Fest. drag show? It was the drag show. That's and it, I was, got- it was actually, that the drag show was the culmination of an entire sidebar that I was doing. I was doing a mm. whole sidebar on queer horror. Sure. Um, so we showed a bunch of films, and the tentpole film for that series was a documentary called Scream Queen, My Nightmare on Elm Street, which tells the story of Mark Patton, the star of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, mm-hmm. um, which uh, you know he took a lot of flack through most of his life for making that movie too gay, uh, when it turns out uh, that that was always the intention of the writer and the director. Oh. They they knew what, what was going right. on. Um, so, uh, anywho... Uh, to celebrate that sidebar um, and its success and to celebrate Mark, who came to the fest, we put on a drag show. Um, Mm -hmm. It was called Mm -hmm. Screams, Queens, and Dreams, a drag horror affair, Mm -hmm. uh, emceed by Peaches Christ, Mm -hmm. and we had performances from Louisiana Purchase. Uh, We had an amazing uh, drag-o-matic created by... Who? Who who Who? did that? Well, I mean, I didn't... didn't, Well... A lot of people took credit for it, but really, it where does was, the real credit go? Uh, well, I came up with it, mm-hmm. but then my friend Chris built most of it, but I helped design it. Yeah, so, so it was good. and you operated it, I which did is operate it. which is the main thing. We really needed a charismatic operator. We uh, we built a gigantic. It looked like a giant machine, and you would put you in, and really inside, there's just a makeup artist and a customer. But it looked like this machine shot you out as being in like a really shitty, quickly done drag. It was great. And it worked in reverse, which and was it, fun. It's the 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 genesis of that idea was a drag tank. I remember that. Which yeah. we, you know, pretty like early on we decided there's a lot of reasons, not least of which is they will not let you use a dunk tank without water in which it. Which is bullshit. Yeah, it is bullshit. Like it's fucking ridiculous. If I, I got really mad. Form, I should be able to do whatever the hell I want. I got mad at yelled at you that night and I felt really bad about it, but I was very frustrated. Which night? That night. Oh, why? Oh, because I was making you run show? No, it was because... So, typically, and this is why I think they they let me do this this year, which all the events got canceled, it's like, there's a lot of cooks in this kitchen. And not in the actual kitchen, because we're terribly understaffed. But a lot of cooks in the theoretical kitchen of Fantastic Fest. And there's... You know, it's... They put people in charge of events that where it's not necessarily been their wheelhouse for a long time. If that makes sense. It does. So, uh, you know, I'll sit there for, let's say, you know, generously saying only two months where I'll ask questions and it's always like, oh, you know, we'll figure it out. And I'm like, well, let's, 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 let's figure it out now. Let's just get all the details. We don't know. And a lot of it, (laughs) I used to joke about this for years, like mostly like who's in charge, like when an event happens. So like, I don't know. I, I did a, a, uh, an inventory one time like for four years in a row I, w- I hosted the opening night party for this festival and for four years in a row I was asked at the beginning of the party <laughs> <laughs> 
Whereas I'm like, okay, <laughs> who is who is hosting? Oh, we're going to find a really good host. I'm like, okay, well, who is it? Like, we're going to ask around. We'll get someone really good to host this party. I'm like, okay, well, do I need to get them a costume? No, 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 we'll figure it out. And then the party happens like, fuck. Uh, Keith, can you host this party? And I'm usually, you no, know, not dressed for it or not in the right, you know, mindset. But it was four years in a row. That kind of shit is what I'm, was what I'm getting at. And I did that to you that night? No, well, it, everyone kept saying you were in charge. And I was like, okay, BK, what's happening? And you and you were in a makeup chair. And you're like, I don't fucking know. I'm getting well, my makeup it was, a, it was a complicated day. Yeah. But yeah, I was, sure. I was in makeup. But I wasn't mad hour. at you. I was mad at the situation. Because yeah. I was just, I put a lot into that show. And like, no, like it was like, okay, I did everything I said I was going to do. Let's do the show. And there was just like, you know, there's like four people, you know, who all give out different information and then peaches Christ wanted a bunch of shit. And I'm like, I don't fucking know you. I'm not giving you shit. Well, uh, the execution was flawless and well, yeah. it's widely regarded as one of the best events we've ever done. And like, I'm, you know, as, as cool as the dragomatic was, I'm more proud about us building our runway. The runway was amazing. And that was just, you know, a big table at the right height, but <laughs> to actually have a runway in this building so that the you know, drag queens could really perform and go out into the crowd was like without anybody dying. Without a, not a single death, despite it being a horror themed event. <laughs> but there was a there was a moment that night where I was on stage mm-hmm. in full drag, sure. as Barbara Campton, yes, holding a yeah. very lifelike Freddy Krueger bust that was actually a cake, yeah, uh, with rainbow layers. I had no idea that bakery was so famous, but everyone knows that bakery. I even forget their name, but the, it is a very famous bakery that knows about their. Are you making a face like I'm not? No, um, I. I don't remember the name either. Yeah, I don't remember. But <laughs> every so time bad. I talk about these cake, everyone's like, oh, it's this shop. And I'm like, oh, I don't fucking know. But but yeah, they, they do these perfectly lifelike fucking cakes. And you had the, your Freddy Krueger cake, which legitimately looked like it was about to just come alive and talk to you. Uh, so yeah, no, it, it was amazing. So standing there holding that cake uh, with Peaches Christ next to me, as well as Mark Patton, uh, you know, if you had told queer 10-year-old me watching Nightmare on Elm Street 2 that I would ever be there, uh, <laughs> and also having Robert Rustler feeling me up because I was in drag and he sure. was drunk enough to do whatever, right. um, I don't think I would have ever believed you. But, uh, but that was your moment. That was my moment. I mean, that's, yeah. that's you know, I, I kind of have been, my career kind of, <laughs> I don't want to say Peaked. it's peaked, peaked, but that's kind of kind of what I've been building up to my whole life. I mean, horror is at the core. If of I'd known that, I would have been nicer to you that night. <laughs> that's you probably know, not. That's how shows go. Yeah. That's pretty cool. You know, uh, I'll, I'll go off on a weird tangent and this was like, like such a happy day that ended up being such a nightmare later. And it was, um, so my first fantastic fest was 2010 and I volunteered and, uh, be, uh apropos of myself, we were throwing an event at the old high ball and the host did not show up, which, you know, can't believe that happened here. Uh, and there was a mic sitting there like, oh, we need to throw this event. What's going to happen? So I walked up and I grabbed the microphone. And I said, fuck it. I'm in charge now. And I just did the event. Um, this is when we still had the Fantastic Arcade. I think that was the first year of it, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then that got me to be a host at the Alamo in general because everyone's like, oh, this guy you know, knows what he's doing. But the next year I got to be uh, one of the volunteer coordinators and I did that for, for a whole bunch of years. But the first year I was a volunteer coordinator, you had a movie here called Julia X 3D, which starred Kevin Sorbo, who I did not know at the time was a ridiculous piece of shit. 
He like a ridiculous conservative. Come to find out. Yeah, he hates the only thing he hates more than gay people is fat people, I found out. Like he does all this work trying to make sure kids don't get fat. I was both at the time. <laughs> People thought I was both. It's fine. I, didn't, I hadn't grown my full beard yet. Um, so, uh, but uh, I got really friendly with the director of that movie. And I told him, like, I think I, I might be the world's biggest Andromeda fan. If you remember the TV show Andromeda. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did a dissertation one time on why Firefly is a ripoff of Andromeda. And it's one of the few times I've been booed off a stage. Um, but it is. It absolutely is. But I loved Hercules as a kid. I fucking loved Andromeda. So I got good in with this director and he's like, I'm going to like, first he wasn't going to show up at all. So they just did a weird party in the old highball where uh, they did a Skype session with him and I talked to him and I was all cool. But then he showed up anyway and I gave him the Hercules handshake and like, you know, got to hang out with him a little bit. We were in a karaoke room. We took pictures. I'm like, I'm best friends with Kevin Sorbo. It was like the best day. And then I found out, you know, conservative piece of shit who hates fat people. Yeah, I, I have similar Feelings about <clears throat> Kevin Sorbo and, and that particular <laughs> film. That was actually the first blurb I wrote. For was the it? Festival. Really? Yeah. And That's now, really funny. now I'm actually ashamed that my name is attached to right. that movie. But like, I, I don't know what I, that director, he was just like, I think because it was his first film and like, maybe he was just trying to get an in and maybe he like overestimated my sense of importance because I like gave him a tour of like the area, but like. He brought me like uh I went to get when I went to go see it, it was like, Oh, Keith, you don't sit with the crowd. You sit with me and brought me over and like, you know, sat me right between him and Kevin Sorbo, who is, you know, obviously very uncomfortable because he hates fat people. Um uh, <laughs> But I thought it was really great. And I like that I got a bunch of shit signed by him and then it all went in a fire. R.I.P. 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 Respect. But I for loved Kevin Andromeda. Sorbo. I loved it. Yeah. Gene Roddenberry wrote that show. He's a genius. Well, he was dead God now. Rest his soul. Yeah, I wish Kevin Sorbo would die. Jeez, <laughs> that, that's gonna be the name of this episode, by the way. If he's an anti-vaxxer, then maybe he will. He can go. Yeah, that's fine. All right. Uh, what would you tell if anyone asked you, "Hey, I'm trying to become a programmer of a film festival." Don't roll your fucking eyes. <laughs> I didn't roll my <laughs> you eyes. You did. This is not a visual medium. <laughs> <laughs> If someone said, I want to become a programmer of a film festival, what would you tell them? Either advice or you can tell them don't, whatever, whatever you think. Well, um, you know, adjust your expectations. To what? (laughs) Uh, From what? If your expectations are that you're going to be able to build uh, an entire lucrative career on just programming for a festival... Um, that's not really going to happen. Sure. Um, there's not there's not a ton of money uh, in just just working for a single festival. You're going to have to be prepared to work year round for multiple festivals and mm-hmm. and have other other things going on. Um, but what you know, assuming you understand that to actually get in the game, um, you're going to have to start start at the bottom, and that's as a screener. Um, you're mm-hmm. going to have to start screening films for a festival that generally programs stuff that you connect with um, because the festival is going to be looking for screeners who not only can actually watch lots and lots and lots and lots of really bad movies (laughs) um, and do so without complaining. These people are also going to have to, you can tell when a screener actually 
connects with the material the way the programming team does. Mm. Um, and that's not to say that uh, any festival and and very much so not Fantastic Fest is locked in, in, into any sort sort of type of movie. Um, but you can tell when people are able to spot the stuff that really does make a Fantastic Fest film. Um, so not only do you need to be prepared to screen for a festival, you also need to make sure that you're going to stand out amongst those screeners. Um, and, and the programming team is going to see that you're putting time and effort into to what you're doing. Um, beyond that, uh, show up at festivals, um, meet programmers, uh, you know, uh, uh, don't be annoying about it. Fuck. <laughs> um, but do, you know, make yourself seen. Uh, there, there's a lot of people that really think this is what they want to do when they get into the, the screening game and, and they quickly find out that sure. the expectations are, um, of, of screeners and of programmers themselves are, are not super glamorous. Um, in the end, it's not just watching movies early. It's, it's finding just a handful of movies in an ocean of content um, and, and being able to stand by that program and explain that program and meet those filmmakers and show those filmmakers a good time and network with other people and do that year after year after year for very, very little money. <laughs> What's the worst film you ever screened? <laughs> the worst? Oh, that's... Call it by name. I want to hear it. <clears throat> no, I, you know... It, there, I I watch I watch a hundred of the worst films I've ever seen every year. <laughs> I, you know, there is there's no bottom. There really sure. is no bottom because, especially you know, They're when I tops. first started screening, you were, we're still getting movies on VHS. Um, what? Yeah, yeah. When I you know oh, I was that. coming just just at the tail end of that, um, and then you know we were getting DVDs, and now it's all digital, and the the barrier to entry to making films is so low now that right. anybody can do it, and you know. Um, so we end up watching all kinds of stuff, but I will tell you the, the funniest, uh, uh, screener we ever received was a VHS screener. It was the last VHS screener we ever received. Was it German angst? It wasn't German angst. Okay. Um, and I don't know that I even, Oh, the, the name of the movie was sorry. Okay. Was it based on the board game? No. Fuck. Uh, Press play on this tape that we receive as a screener. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a little bit of static, and then uh, a man, kind of like yourself, a, a balding, Fat bald man, man yeah. um, larger with glasses. Oh, I usually uh, have glasses, you don't have glasses yeah. now, but this Get guy did. Fucked four eyes. Get fucked okay. four eyes. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> he appears on the screen, right? And he says, "Sorry, this isn't a better movie." <laughs> End. That, that was, was the, the whole submission. Thing? He paid the money to submit. That and Luke and I actually spent a good amount of time trying to figure out how we could integrate that into a shorts package, right? Uh, where you know we would roll out a, an old you know TV, uh, right? Grickety and roll it in front oh, of the like audience, high school style in the VHS. Yeah, and, yeah. But you know, not all, not all ideas are good. Sure, as evidenced by everything I just said. <laughs> um, but that's that's probably one of the most memorable submissions we've ever got. That's fucking great. That's fantastic. On that note, Brian Kelly, thank you for joining us here at 5x5 Five Five at the Movies. Did you have a good time? I did. Thanks in for this, having me. In this cold karaoke room with weird echo after, you know, I forced you to shove your lunch down your throat real quick so we could knock this out. I love the nuggies. Love the nuggies. <laughs> Thank you.
that was my interview with Brian Kelly, programmer at Fantastic Fest. Thank you so much, Brian. And you know what? Thank you to all of you listening to this episode today. Uh, just, just be part. Just be in part of this. I feel really nostalgic for podcasts this week because I didn't get to program as as many as I like to. But anyway, shoot us any thoughts, concerns, criticisms, or sponsorship opportunities at five by five film at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook with all the red hot memes at five by five of the movies. Thank you, Dan Benjamin, the five by five podcast network, and the entire team at Fireside. We'll see you next week with another five by five at the movies. Roll credits. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you.